You're listening to the Collab Talk Podcast, Episode 9 of the MVP Buzz Chat Series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Chantal Basset, who focuses on PowerPoint. Well, good morning. This is Christian Buckley with Collab Talk, and I'm here with Chantal. And why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, yes, Christian. Thank you. My name is Chantal Bessay, and I'm out of the province of Quebec in Canada. And right now, it's really sunny, but really cold again this morning. Seems like spring has been delayed. It's in installation mode, not done yet. It's, it's only March. It's not, it, it shouldn't be spring in Quebec right now anyway. So, well, it, actually, the, the date on the calendar states that spring has started. But well, not outside. <laughs> uh, well, I, so I, I guess you know, calendar-wise, yes. But I, you know, every time I've been uh, to uh, like Montreal, it's just been really cold. So I'm just I, yeah. well. Yeah. You know, we never know. It, yeah. The only thing we know is we'll never know when spring comes or when winter comes. It's a given. So I we, also know yeah. that part of the world is never get into a taxi. I learned that way. <laughs> Um, that uh, apparently it's like a thing that uh, like in Montreal, like the taxi drivers, it's like it's known to avoid them. Take an Uber, do not take a taxi. Well, you know what? Next time you're in Montreal, try Theo, T-E-O. They, okay. uh, they're first class taxis, okay. very nice people. So okay. now you, you'll know that you have a very nice quality of service with them. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. So what's, what's your area of focus? Like, so what, what's your MVP within? Uh, I'm a PowerPoint MVP since 2013. So yes, I do work a lot with a tool, but I also do a lot of presentation work, uh, speaker coaching do a lot of the part of storytelling, message structure. Mm-hmm. And my company, Shabas, has been uh, going on since 2004. And we focus on presentation and visual communication. So anything visuals or how to bring the words of the people we work with in a more visual way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people say, oh, you'll always consider PowerPoint as the first tool. Not always. Sometimes it depends on the venue, depends what your topic is. But being more visual, yes, these days with technology makes our lives easier. But some people in the small room, sometimes I'll say, just have a whiteboard, draw on it, right. have some prompts. So that's also a way to be more visual. Right. Well, it's interesting that you hear, so like I, in, in my, my world coming from the SharePoint side of things and working with a lot of, uh, you know, IT pros, a lot of dev, uh, other MVPs, especially, um, that they'll go in and they'll, they'll criticize somebody for using, do, going to an event and using a lot of PowerPoint around that, but then they tend to miss the point. I mean, I, it, it's, it's funny. I did this event in Branson, Missouri, and I had several people come up after my session where I did show the, the product. I showed uh, screenshots of, of different things. And, and for a one-hour delivery, I didn't want to, you know, as some will just go and sit down in front in a darkened room and start walking through and showing you code and that side of thing. And that might be re- very relevant for devs. Um, but when you're 
you're presenting to, especially a mixed topic that you have a blend of business decision makers and end users, as well as deeply technical people within that, you have to convey that story. And you're right. You, you have to know a, who's you know, in the, the audience. Right. Who's in the audience? Because if you just sit down behind a laptop screen to do some demos <clears throat> and you have some people that are not familiar with it, you'll just lose them around at not even half point. You know, um, it, 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 it's yeah. uh, so I had to ask, did you make it to the MVP summit that just happened? Unfortunately not, because I had a concussion, couldn't travel at all. Ooh. And uh, so I got my peeps just uh, Skype me during a lunchtime at one point saying, hey, we miss you, but I didn't make it. And I was really bummed because all the topics this year, I, I really wanted to attend some of the, the keynotes and everything, but I missed yeah. out. I know that there's a, it's funny, I have a good friend that's based out of Perth, and uh, just received his MVP, so Paul Colmsey. And so he's again in the office service and services space and is uh, you're just longtime SharePoint guy, but now he is just really passionate about power apps and you know, building the business applications and has just fully embraced that, that side of things. Um, and uh, I was like, Paul, you're not gonna make it to your first summit. And he, and he, his comment and something about that, you know, he had a family activity thing going on where he just said, look, it's just not a priority to, to, to go and do that. And it's, I was thinking about oh, that. It was, that, it was my eighth that. time and it's fantastic. But I mean, I completely understand it was a lot to take a week off. I'm, I'm paying oh, for yeah. it, catching up. Oh, you're right. And I knew that the intensity, whether it's the sessions, it's the keynotes, all the networking and the night events and stuff like that. Uh, I, part of me wanted to be there, but health wise, I knew that I would have been paying for it many weeks afterwards. Yeah. So I had to do to take the saddest decision I had to make in the past few years. But you're so right, because that's when we get to mingle with people we don't get to meet at all sometimes. Yep. Or for us, the Canadian MVPs is not a huge crowd. So usually we meet once wait, or twice a year. Wait, wait a second. It was the because of the Canadian crowd <laughs> that there was this whole push of people getting like more jackets, like the U.S. MVPs, because it was a pretty... Uh, 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 you know, dominating force every single year. And we have Canadian to MVP thank the matching jackets. Oh yeah. But we have to thank Sim, our Canadian lead for that. He's such a fantastic guy because he's the one who created that co cohesion within the group and that sense of being a family within the bigger family of MVPs. So that's yeah. why, yeah, we, we're hard to, to miss when we're at the summit. But, it's, but something, and again, I would, uh, it would say because of what the Canadian MVPs did, there were a lot of uh, people, myself included, that were looking at these different community day events that would happen in Canada that weren't, they just didn't exist in the US. And I, I remember talking to my MVP lead and saying, you know, why are we not doing something like that in the US? And the response was, well, I mean, the US, I mean, we've got the annual summit. I'm like, yeah, 
but everyone has that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, there's more of and you know, more of the MVPs in the U.S. And though they get together on their own, I'm like, that's not true at all. It's we've got the annual summit. Like in the SharePoint space, we have different events that we attend that we go to that are you have more locally events. organized events and that's okay but they're but. not but they're not like these community day events so they started this up in the u.s yeah. and i think they've been hugely successful and they've been these little regional things now the issue still becomes like uh, they they had one that the closest to me in salt lake city was denver and okay. i was scheduled to go to one in the san francisco bay area ended up not being able to make it flew and joined the one that was up in Bellevue, Washington. So right near campus. Yeah. Um, ended up going to another one um, last year in Denver. Uh, so it's great to be able to go do that. But again, it was an opportunity. There were no SharePoint MVPs that were at the one in the, the event in Denver. I hung out with a couple Skype guys and some um, Windows config manager uh, guys. And that's when um, we get to know people from other uh, specialties. And that's why we grow as a group. And that's how we get better. Even with my clients, knowing more about who are the MVPs uh, that can help me out if I run into a, a technical glitch of some sort, that has been very helpful. And getting to know them also helped me grow on the more technical side of it. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess the, the other side too, so here we are, we're talking about MVPs and for the majority of people watching that are not MVPs at all. And uh, why is this a value? And, and part of it is, I think helps illustrate, you know, just how important it is to go and uh, you, whether you go to an event or find somebody on a, uh, uh, like in the Microsoft tech community or some other board that's out there um, yeah. to reach out and connect with people and start, uh, uh, you know, having conversations because, I mean, I, I'm sure you're the same as me. If some, somebody comes out and asks a question, and they always get like the first thing they do and apologize. I don't want to, you know, bother you around this. Like, look, if I were busy, I wouldn't be responding. Or we're, we're all busy, but I mean, we're that's we're that's more than happy to share. That's why right. we earned our MVP title because we're sharing with the community, and that's what I've been doing for years. Because for me, my passion is communication. So yes, I I have tons of knowledge about the tool and transferring that is easy but my other passion is making sure we stop having presentations that suck when we get into meetings right. and conferences so i like one of my colleagues said one time i'm also on a mission trying to reduce the sucking presentations in this world and uh i think that's why I like it. Uh, some of my clients told me at one point said, Chantal, you're not just a presentation specialist. You're, you're, you're the lead presentation magician in your company. I said, okay, well, thanks. If that's the way you see it, I'm all good with it. As long as we move forward and have better communications. And I guess all the MVPs are doing the same in their own technology. And, and, and look, let's be honest, not, not every MVP is really good at presenting. There are some that are. It's not always easy. Right. That it's is, not it's always easy. It can be. 
um, that, that people have different skills. Some are fan, like they're, I just, I, they, they seem to be 24 seven on different boards and uh, in forums and answering questions that way. And others that are prolific writers, um, others that just constantly seem to be somewhere on the planet speaking to a user group. And, and these are all good things. We all, they're different people have different communication styles and different ways of learning. And so yeah. we need to have different people with these different skill sets. Well, let me ask you though. I mean, when you talk to these customers, you know, what are some of the ways in which they just outright fail at presenting? I mean, where, where do you see people struggling the most? Uh, well, there is the part being scared about public speaking. Uh, that is the given. That's probably the, the number one fear in the whole humanity. Yeah. <laughs> people yeah. are, they, they are afraid to go in front of the group. And I've seen that with some of the TEDx speakers I coached. And that's one thing. But you have to work on you remembering that you're sharing something, mm -hmm. you're sharing value, and we work with them to help them realize you have, there's no way people are against you when you're in front of a crowd. So that is one thing. The other thing is, when they know they'll be speaking, they forget, and I always ask them, okay, I have one burning question for you. What's what's the one important thing you want to make sure people will remember and that's good whether you're in technology you're in finance you're teaching uh in whether uh, high school class university class whatever when you lack the clear idea what are they supposed to remember at the end mm -hmm. uh that's when you fail yeah. because you're not focused on their needs and you're scattered all over the place. That's when you have huge presentations that seem to be going everywhere. Right. So people want to bunch in everything in the little time they have, and they'll just speed through the slides without really thinking, is that worth it? Is that a, helping my message at the end or the one, two, three things that they need to remember at the end when I'm finished? Right. Well, that, so that, I guess those... And that's that's interesting. I was just gonna say that you know how some there there's definitely some presentations that go sideways. Somebody oh, yeah. will ask a question or you'll have somebody in the audience that just derails things. There's other times where people will ask a question. It may appear to go sideways, but the presenter is able to uh, you know direct it rather or it may be relevant to like the three things they're trying to communicate. And it can actually be very enlightening to have that expanded view where mm -hmm. it's a conversation and it's kind of happening in real time versus being presented to. And I, you know what? That's also one part that uh, through the years, I've made sure that people learned about trying to read your room. Reading the room is trying to figure out, okay, was I misled about the needs of that audience? That happens. Yeah. Some people get into sometimes my strategy is just to mis mislead. <laughs> oh yeah, and sometimes you get at one. You know, you get in front of a group. They told you that they had A, B, and C as their main uh, pain points. Yeah. You get there and you realize, oh geez, that's really not it. So sidetracking is not necessarily something bad. 
if you're now addressing the real needs of your audience. Right. But that means you need to be prepared right. <laughs> to be sidetracked. And, and also prepare the audience. I, I mean, I, for years, I, so I picked up this and I do this. Uh, it's just become kind of a habit at the beginning is I, but before I move through any kind of presentation, we'll, we'll say is like, look, I just want to be clear on what I'm going to be talking about and the audience for this topic, what it is not. As mm -hmm. I don't feel bad, like if you're a dev and you're sitting in my topic, like I have nothing for you. And I just say that like, and that's okay. The business topic. Right. And it's, and a lot of them that they'll you know, come in and say, no, I was looking for this side. I want to understand. That's it. Why we're using this technology, not the sit down granular, walk me through the steps of how I go in and programmatically, you know, d deploy this technology and then start using it. Like, that's not what I go and cover. There's tons of oh, that yeah. content. Definitely. And at least when people know and they made the choice to sit there, you know, they'll get value out of it. Right. And for some other times that you get in front of a group, and you realize, oh, geez, that's not good for them. But you get sidetracked and you have planned for it. And that's the amazing thing. One of my specialties, when I help people plan their content, we plan flexible content into it. So we just use the PowerPoint features that help you either link or open something else or have some hidden content. And that's where the magic happens, especially when you realize that you've You've been misled in terms of the needs, uh, even though, like you say, if you have some devs and you're supposed to do some demos, you know about it, fine. But if you realize the demos you prepared are not what they needed and you have some other stuff planned, then it, you'll still win because they will get value out of it. Right. You know what? One thing that I, I learned that I, uh, is the way I started using PowerPoint many years ago and before... I was, in fact, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been a long time, you know, Microsoft Office user, um, even when I was working within IBM technology, and, and I've been in the collaboration space since the mid-90s, and, um, you know, but you know, working with, with audiences is going in there, and, uh, and for a couple of years, I was doing um, training. I worked with Hewlett Packard for a year and went around to their multiple locations and did training, but I would have like segments of content um, that was ready to, to go. And some of it, you know, the visualizations around that, kind of for that point where I go in and say, oh, like, what are the business problems that you're you know, experiencing? And say, what are you expecting to get? And I love having the whiteboard for that. Like, what are your questions up front yes. based on this topic? I love that and say, and, and then even saying, okay, here's the seven questions. Look, these two, we're not gonna be covering that. That's outside of the scope of this. That's it. I have content or I know a person that I can introduce you to for that. It then satisfies those questions for those people, or at least, you know, it, it sets the expectations for them. Yes. And, then, and that's the whole point. It, yeah. You know, giving them value, whether it fits a hundred percent or not is not important. But as soon as they realize I got value out of this, then you satisfy the need. They had to be sitting in front of you. And that is true whether you're speaking to a user group on a, on a business or technology topic or internally, you know, mm -hmm. within your organization, um, sharing an update on a project or whatever it is that you're working on is 
I think that's a great point is understand what it is, the message you're trying to deliver. Oh yeah. Not try to pack too much information into that, provide that summary data and then enable them to go then do a deep dive, you know, into more information. So here's where you get that for that next level, that next layer. Exactly. You're better off having less content, but quality content for the needs you'll be addressing than packing everything of all the fluff and bells and whistles you want to put in there, but it won't be helpful. They'll forget about it anyway. Right. And that's, that can be a struggle sometimes for a lot of presenters. It is. We all have that experience. <laughs> You know, Chantal, I mean, this has been, been great uh, you know, to, to go through and, and to talk about this. I'd love to spend more time on this, but how can people find out more about this topic and get in touch with you? Uh, well, they can go on my website. It's shabas.ca, C-H-A-B-O-S.ca. My Twitter handle is at Shabas. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn under my own name, Chantal Bosset. Uh, and I do things in both languages, French and English. So people that have bilingual needs, they just need to ping me and I'll be more than happy to answer their questions. Excellent. Well, it was great meeting you and talking to you and learning Thank more you. about that, that side of uh, the MVP world and, uh, and have a great rest of your day and enjoy your almost spring. Yeah, it's still in install mode. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just had snow two days ago again so here, so... Yeah, I think we're we're not thinking spring yet. So no, me neither. Yeah. Right. It was great talking to you. Thank you, Christian. Bye. <laughs>